Welcome to Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast, hosted by Andy Baldacci. Each week, Andy interviews a successful agency owner who shares their proven strategies to help you build and grow your agency. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Baldacci, and today I'm talking with Gray McKenzie of Guava Box and Do Inbound. Gray's expertise in what I think is one of the most important aspects of running a successful agency, developing processes. For most small agency owners, everything lives in their heads. This means that when you write a blog post, you do it one way, but when you have a contractor do it, it gets done in a completely different way. There's no consistency, which makes it hard to grow while maintaining quality and maintaining your sanity. Processes, they're not glamorous, but if you want to grow your agency beyond yourself or you already are there, but all your time is spent putting out fires, then you need them. And Gray tells you exactly how to get started so you can streamline and scale your agency. So without further ado, here's Gray. All right, Gray, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for having me on, Andy. I'm excited. I've been listening now. I think I've caught all but maybe the live. I've got two more episodes to go in the backlog to catch up. That's impressive. That's impressive. So yeah, I've, I've been loving the podcast. Uh, really glad that you guys are doing it and excited to be on now. Awesome. No, I'm excited to have you. You have expertise in one of the, what I think is like one of the most important aspects of running a successful agency, but it's also one that nobody really enjoys that much, processes. And so before we get too far into the details with why that matters so much, can you share kind of a, a quick 60-second backstory for our listeners who aren't familiar with you? Yeah, sure. So uh, myself, my partner, Andrew Dimsky, uh, we started up an agency called Guava Box, I guess the be- the very beginning of 2011, um, while we were still in school together. It was our senior year in college together and went through a lot of the pains that probably a ton of listeners have gone through as we kind of had no idea what we were doing at first, then started to, to get more of an idea, but we couldn't kind of kind of pass along our knowledge to other people in and bring on contractors or team members to help us out. Our our road to growth was very bumpy and went through an awful lot of struggles early on until we really started to document and systematize our business. That was a turning point for us. We wanted to share that um, with a lot of other agencies. And so Do Inbound kind of came out of the pain that we had trying to grow Guava Box and has really developed from there into basically uh, software plus processes plus training for other um, marketing agencies who are trying to figure out how to how to get this whole growth thing down. Later on the show, I want to definitely dive into kind of exactly how you meld sort of the everything together into inbound. But let's back up and let's focus kind of on on that early growth. You said that you, you struggle with a bit. Why was kind of writing this stuff down and documenting and systematizing everything? Why did that help? So I was have a couple of different answers to this because I think there are a lot of different reasons why it helps. One of the underrated aspects of actually systematizing things is the work that just goes into actually doing it. And when you sit down and write something out, you realize a lot of the inefficiencies and broken ways that you're doing things right now. Where this was really uh, hindering us was we were producing very inconsistent deliverables for our clients. So all our processes, everything that we did pretty much just lived in our heads And so that meant when I would go to write a blog post for a client, it would be done one way. When we'd have a contractor do it, it'd be completely different. When Andrew did it, it'd be completely different. Um, There was no consistency there. And I think as everyone understands, anytime you've got inconsistent inputs or those inconsistent deliverables, you're going to wind up getting inconsistent results. So the results we were trying to drive for our clients, preaching, hey, inbound marketing, we're trying to help you build a predictable growth engine here. Um, And then the results we were generating were just really inconsistent. The fact also that we didn't have our process kind of documented or detailed out, that hurt us in the sales process. Trying to sh- How so? Try- well, I think in two ways. One, we didn't have a process, you know, when a, when a client asks, okay, here's the vision that you're trying to sell me on, but how do we actually get there? When we have a methodology but not a specific here's step-by-step how we're going to get you there, I think that hurts you. But I think underlying that, what probably hurts you more, at least for us, and I think me specifically, was the lack of confidence. So not knowing 100%, especially as we started to have more clients and we needed to bring contractors on and we didn't have the, the everything documented for what our contractors were going to be doing specifically, um, the amount of confidence I had in our process and in the service that we were delivering wasn't as high as it would have been had we had everything in order and our house put together. Um, so I think that that was kind of underlying the whole 
kind of the more visible reasons. Was there an aha moment where you're like, oh, like I, this really should be written down or was it a slow process? Or like, how did you come to the realization that you needed to start documenting all of this? Right at the very beginning of Guava Box, Andrew and I both read a book called The E-Myth um, by Michael Gerber, super well-known book. And we had this, we always had this goal of, hey, we're trying to build a business here. We don't want to build a lifestyle business in the sense that it's just us working in it, but we do want to build a, a business that allows us, that kind of builds itself around our lifestyle. So we have some freedom. And so what that's going to mean is that we can't be the only ones who are doing the work on a daily basis. So we always had this vision of bringing other people in and having a well-oiled machine in a consistent way that we do things to be able to onboard people quickly and scale uh, somewhat sustainably and smoothly. So that was kind of our background. And then as we got into it more and more and just realized like, hey, if we're really going to be the experts in what we're trying to do here, deliver results, uh, business growth results through inbound marketing for manufacturers and for technology companies, uh, we really need to have our system put together so that we can bring on the right people who can take the stuff that we've learned, the hard lessons that we've learned over the last couple of years of trying to do this um, and share it out. So there's a lot of internal recognition. We had the book and every every agency we looked at who was successful just seemed to have so much stuff systematized and documented. And they were constant. They had a culture of continuously improving that. And that was like, okay, we really need to get our act together. Were there any agencies specifically that you looked at or like, all right, we, we got to do it like these guys or, or what, where did you kind of get that explosion how other agencies were doing things? Where we really came across a bunch of the, uh, what other agencies were doing. Um, so at Guavabox, we were a HubSpot, HubSpot partner. So we looked at agencies like Impact Branding and Design, uh, Square 2 Marketing, and some of the other uh, kind of early big names in the HubSpot partner program, uh, Paul Ratzer at PR 2020. And all of them were preaching the same thing and were kind of sharing their same growth story. Most of the processes that we came up with, those weren't directly like, hey, we just need to go copy their model as much as what the under the the philosophy that's behind, even though they're delivering services in, in different ways, they all have it documented out and they have confidence in what they're doing. One of the questions I know in kind of reservations, I think a lot of, especially creative agency owners have is that it seems like a lot of people get into freelancing and get into the agency world kind of to avoid the over kind of corporatization of business. And so I feel like a lot of people are going to feel like having all these processes that you have to follow for every little thing that it could just end up slowing you down. Did you find that to be the case at all? I think that that's such a, that's the number one objection is I don't, I don't want to do this. It's going to take more time to build the processes aside from the fact that we're doing digital marketing. Like we're in, a super fast evolving space. So these processes that I build today aren't even going to be good in a year from now. Um, yeah. And those are all valid concerns to have. How valid those concerns are all, are all depend on the way that you document stuff and how you do it. But I think there's no way around it. The easy answer is to say, no, it, it only helps, but that's not true. It obviously takes time and it takes resources that you could be doing something else. So I think it does slow you down initially. It definitely slowed us down initially when we started to do it. Uh, but it was a very quick turnaround to start reaping the rewards of having that. And I can go into, I mean, we can get into a bunch of examples of kind of specifically like, where do we take time? How much time did it take? And then what was the benefit from that? But it definitely, it definitely did pay off. Yeah. Cause that's the thing is that especially with the way most agencies are on growing agencies, there's so much work to be done. And if you're doing a lot of the work yourself, you know how to do it roughly. There might be some inconsistencies, but you know how to do it. And you almost can't even find the time to put in it to, to get this done. But you're right. Like Once you do have the processes down, then you can start looking into outsourcing more work to other freelancers, to contractors, so that you're able to free up more time. So it's kind of a delayed payoff, but the payoff is there. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And the the thing, the big misconception here is that documenting stuff is going to take a ton of time. But we all know the more often, like the more frequently you do something, the faster you get at it. So the first time you ever write a blog post, it might take you four hours and be an exhausting experience. But by the time you've done that a hundred times, you, you can crank it out and out. You know, you're going to be substantially faster. So I think when you first start documenting something, it's going to take you a while, and then you realize oh, this doesn't need to take me a long time. I'll, I'll bullet point out what are the actions that I take or I'll just shoot a quick 
use a tool like QuickCast or a screencast recording tool and just walk through as I'm doing it live, it really is not going to add that much more time and then share that with someone else. And if, if you're not good at documenting stuff in a way that someone that, that the other people on your team want to consume it, um, you can always just d- find the method that works best for you and then have somebody else transcribe it and, and, you know, uh, share it with the rest of the team. With that said, where did you guys kind of start out? Like, how did you figure out, like, all right, this, we're going to work on this process is we're going to do first this is how we're going to do it. Like, how did that kind of journey begin? Yeah. Well, I think that prioritizing is really important. What are the things that you're doing most consistently? So we just looked at what's the stuff that we are doing most frequently. Um, where are the inconsistencies right now? So what's the impact that it's going to have? And also what are the, the places, what are the activities that we're doing on a consistent basis that we either don't want to be doing anymore or that we as business owners probably shouldn't be doing anymore. So writing blog posts for all of our clients, even though I personally enjoy writing, that's probably not the best activity for me to be doing as an owner of the business. So uh, that was honestly a lot of the marketing deliverables that we were doing for clients. Um, those were the places that we kind of started at the time. We were actually doing quite a few. We we're running a small, I think like a ton of agencies, especially around that time, website hosting. Uh, and we had, we had a, quite a few clients um, and sites that we were hosting. And so the monthly maintenance to do one site, it might take you 15 minutes or 30 minutes total for over the course of a whole month to do it. But when you add that up, over 80 or 90 clients, that obviously can suck up a lot of time. And so just here's here's what I do. Here's the workflow that I go through to make sure that the WordPress core and plugins are updated. And if I run into a problem, here's the three most common reasons why and how I solve it. That takes an hour to document out and then share with the contractor to do. And real quickly, that that freed up a whole lot of time off of my plate. So I think just figuring out those areas. And so specifically, we started with like, how do we write a blog post? How do we design that? How do we, what's our whole uh, workflow when we're producing a blog post for a client? How does it get planned in the first place? Who writes it? Who edits it? What are we looking for there? Who makes sure that it's optimized for search? Who publishes it? And then who's in charge of promotion on the back end? And what's the process for all of those and the workflow that we go through? And then just document that all out. When you kind of went through the steps right there, a lot of like who touches what part of the process, who's responsible for what. But then, like you said, you, you are going deeper and saying like not just who's responsible, but like at each step, what is being done, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when you're writing a blog post for the first time, like how do you or, or planning it wherever this falls in in your workflow, but how do you pick out the target keywords if you're uh, you know, how do you do some keyword research on the front end when you're writing or optimizing a post? How many internal links should you have? How many external links? Just as a guideline, as a base level, it's not to say every single blog post needs to be exactly 400 words and follow this. But but at a minimum, here's what these should have. You know, you should always have two external links to trustworthy sites, uh, whatever those baselines are. And depending on the blog format, you know, you might always want a 400 pixel square image to be the featured image. Um, So you just kind of go through an outline what are the requirements to try and speed up the workflow for whoever needs to go through this? And these are the bullet points that need to get checked off before this is complete and it's going to be considered uh, a consistent and well-produced deliverable. Like how did you create this? Was it just in a document or what? when you first started with your first kind of process, where did that process sort of live? Yep, a document. So we used Google Docs, which really that's not a terrible solution to use. Um there's a major pain point that we ran into with it, but that's exactly what we did is we started out, we would just do bullet point lists inside of Google Docs. Um, we tried to host it inside of some other uh, project management platforms, and we bounced around it. And I think we hit all the project management platforms, Basecamp, Asana, Teamwork, Podio, Mavenlink, um, just about everything out there. And the the big pain point that, that eventually came out of that, and one of the um, one of the driving factors for the existence of Do Inbound today is just the fact that we've, we felt really strongly that your processes need to live where the work is actually being done. So if it just sits in Google Docs, you never go back to it. It doesn't really matter that you have the process. It was helpful to go through that, through the work of creating that process for the people who were involved in that. But if you never reference it, it's really not helping you that much. At, at Hubstaff, we... We're a fully remote team. There's a lot of different parts of the business. And so we 
do try to kind of have as many processes as we can for the kind of repetitive tasks that we do. But one thing I've found for myself is that even when I'm, when I'm creating it, like I'll document it out in the beginning and it really does help me think through all the steps. Like you're saying is that just putting it down there is, is a huge improvement because you actually have to think through every step. But once I've kind of done it a couple times, I never go back and check the document even for the podcast. Like I've been making recently, I've been kind of like recommitting to standardize my processes and actually making sure I follow each step. But you're right. It's that I don't really live in Google docs. I use it a lot, but it's like you put it down on paper or in the file and then it just kind of sits there. And I'm curious to see, hear more from you about how it could be different. Yeah. That's what we ran into early. I mean, that pain point is exactly what, uh, when we have conversations with other agencies, uh, whether we're talking about the inbound or not, that comes up so frequently. And I mean, it's just the 21st century version of what happened. I, you know, back through high school and for a couple of years after high school, I worked, uh, my summers through college at a lumber yard and we had these standard operating procedures and they sat in a binder on the shelf and outside of training, um, and mandatory, training sessions or new employee onboarding, those things never got touched. And that's exactly what Google Docs is now. It's just the binder that's on the shelf unless you're exceptionally disciplined and happen to to make the time to go back through uh, and walk through, okay, here's what my process is. Um, Brian Castle, who runs Audience Ops, which is like a productized kind of content marketing service, from what I remember of the interviews, his setup makes a bit of sense to me where it's like you have the process, but he will track a lot of it in Trello and it'll have like every step of the process kind of laid out and then we'll monitor the progress of a process through it all. And I think like an approach like that can kind of work, but you need to have some basically whose job is to make sure each step is being followed. But I don't know if that's practical for everything. So I'm curious to see kind of what what your take on how to actually make sure the processes are followed. Yeah. I think more than anything else, although I think that the tools are important, I think more than anything else, just the, the way that you – like building a culture where people actually do employ uh, the processes that you've built out and are rewarded for that um, or if they're not following it, you know, that, that are held accountable to that. That sounds like the worst thing. I mean, it just sounds life-sucking to say it like that. But what this all comes down to is tying the result into why you have to why you have to do that. So what is the result? How how is it visibly different when we follow the process than when we don't follow the process and highlighting that on an ongoing basis? That's the most powerful thing that you can do. When you started implementing this, like what were the results? Like was it immediately a kind of runaway success or did it need some work? Like what when you first started implementing this, how did it look in your agency? It definitely wasn't perfect. The first things that we started doing were handing off things like the hosting maintenance, handing off things like I used to do all of the, as the operations guy behind the scenes at Quavibox, I used to do all of our finance work. So all of the invoices that got sent out, the invoices that needed followed up, uh, bookkeeping, all of all of that work. Um, so those were two big areas and then a lot of the client deliverables. So bringing on multiple copywriters as our client base started to grow and we grew beyond what we could handle and then what one copywriter could handle, being able to outsource that, uh, being able to bring in somebody else and onboard them to be able to run when we were doing web design projects, being able to run the discovery meetings. Those are all like some of the practical places that, that this played out, but it, it wasn't perfect at first. So when we built the first processes, I think what happened was we were too rigid in following that, that the expectation was, so when we, like the, the first blog post template that we had, or like how to write a blog post was I think 11 or 12 checkbox things. And it included the blog post has to be at least 400 words. It needs at least three internal links and two external links. It needs this featured image uh, put here. You need to include the keyword in the title and the URL and here and here, all these different steps um, and things about the way that you write. And what happened was every single blog post turned out that way initially. So then there was... Because they're all just exactly the same pretty much? Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, I mean, obviously the content's different, but the form was exactly the same. And then you quickly realize, like, this may work today, but 
you know, that we're, we need to try different things and see what's going to work moving forward and, and optimize this process. Once we came to that realization, then there was, okay, this, this is a baseline expectation, uh, but we want to be trying new things on top of this. And I don't know how to, how to document other than to just share with your team, have consistent meetings and, and create this culture of we're going to document this so that anybody coming in knows what they need to do to produce a quality piece of work. But beyond that, everyone still has some artistic license and creative ability to take this and use that as the baseline. Um, those are kind of the guidelines that help us know what we can draw and create inside of and, and around. And then everything else that we do on top of that is what makes us different and unique. So I think it was building that and then also just consistently updating uh, the processes that we have. So uh, I- implementing the concept of batch days where two hours a week or one hour a week or however much time that's going to be, we're going to have this prioritized list of processes and we're going to split this time up between creating new processes for repetitive activities that aren't documented yet and also going back and just saying, is this the best way to do what we're what we currently have uh, systematized and so constantly updating those as well um, and it really doesn't take that much time you know one or two hours a week you easily lose that in the catch-up time on a Monday morning in the the slow Friday afternoons um, so it really doesn't take that much time to kind of create that culture of continuous improvement right and, and I also like though kind of having that time set aside every week it makes sense because it's also it's more than that it's making kind of a commitment that like you said this won't always get you the results immediately but it's it's a process you keep need needing to kind of improve at and i think a lot of people have probably like i've been there it's where you know you need to do this you know you need to kind of have some repeatable process because you're just getting too stressed out you need someone else to help you out but you can't bring them in because you don't know what to tell them to do and so you you start putting it on paper but then in the beginning, I feel like it often can just be more kind of overhead that you have to deal with when it doesn't, when you're too rigid or you're not rigid enough, it just doesn't work. But I think when you, when you do make that commitment to like accepting that and then improving in the next week, improving again, that's where you're really going to see the big gains from this. Yep. I think absolutely. And actually you, you brought up a good point that, that I think is worth pointing out for people if you're gonna run, if your goal is to run a lifestyle agency with a maximum of three members ever, I think this documentation and everything becomes far, far, far less important. It's probably worth going through the process of documenting some of the main things that you do or that you don't like to do that you want to outsource. Um, I think for your own benefit, there's there's definitely benefits in putting down on paper what the process looks like and realizing where the inefficiencies are. Where this absolutely kills agencies is nobody thinks about documenting this stuff until they're ready to hire, until they're already stressed out. And then at that point, you say, I there's no way I could possibly onboard them because I don't have processes, I don't have anything written down, and I don't have the time to teach them everything one-on-one. And so what what happens so frequently is either they bring somebody on and it flops because they didn't have the time, they, they have to drop a ball somewhere, or they just postpone it even longer and they just say, well, I can't possibly onboard somebody, so I can't make this hire. So I'm just going to continue to work myself into the ground. Um, and obviously, that's going to substantially hinder your agency's growth and stress you out and not be a good thing for anyone in the long run. So I think that if your goal is to grow and to be able to outsource some of this stuff, starting early is probably the best thing that you can do to avoid the classic stair-step approach to growth where um, – you know, you grow real fast, then you have to hit like a complete horizontal for a while um, on the stair as you're trying to get things prepared, sometimes even fall back and then try and step forward again. So I, I think it's it's really important if you want to grow an agency or grow any business to start this early. If you're going to be a solo consultant or you have a couple other partners and you each kind of do the same thing, you have your own responsibilities, there's not much overlap. You're right that it's not as crucial to do these kind of processes and and put it down to paper exactly what you're doing because it's just you doing it. But I think it's still important even for just charging higher rates or getting better clients. You do still need to have consistent results. You do kind of still need to have a consistent sales process and make sure you know 
what information, what files, what data you need to get from the client to make sure the project goes off without a hitch and all of that. And so I think you're right that if you don't have this down, it's going to be super hard to grow by hiring people. But even if you're not planning on hiring people, I don't think you should just kind of write it off because it's still going to help make your life a whole lot easier too. Yeah, the process is as critical either way. I think the only point of difference is how critical is it to have it documented. Right. You can survive without it if you're on your own, but it doesn't mean it'll be easy. Yeah. Like either way, if you're going to be successful, you need to have it. If it's just you, maybe you can get away with not having it written down on paper. If you want to bring people on, you absolutely need it documented somewhere, whether that's whether that's in writing or in video or in audio or whatever the format is. You need to have it down in some way to communicate it. I'm going to stop Gray right there, but when we come back with a short break, he's going to tell you how establishing these processes gave him the time to absolutely transform his agency. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The Agency Advantage podcast is brought to you by Hubstaff. Now, Hubstaff makes time tracking software for remote teams so that you can stop tracking time with spreadsheets or on the back of napkins or whatever else you're using and start getting the insights into how your team is actually spending their time that only screenshots and in-depth reports can give you. Our best clients are agency owners. And while they love the accountability that comes with it, it's sort of like Upwork, but without all the crazy fees. Where they really find the true value is by being able to connect Hubstaff with a project management tool to see what tasks are taking up their team's time. Think of it as Google Analytics for your team. I do want to warn you, though, there's a good chance once you see this data, you're going to be sick when you realize how little time is spent actually delivering the project itself. But you can't set up the procedures to make your agency more efficient if you're just guessing where time is being spent. So give Hubstaff a try so you can stop guessing and start streamlining your agency. Head over to hubstaff.com today and sign up for a free, no credit card required, 14-day trial and get your agency back on track. All right, let's get back to Gray. I'm curious to kind of dig in a bit more on the impact it had on your agency, on Guava Box. Like once you started getting these down, once you started systematizing everything and having a process for the content creation and everything that goes into the inbound process, how did that change how the agency grew, how it was like to run it, what was different? I think that the biggest thing we, for our own marketing and from the agency space, I mean, we've just seen so many times that agencies who are really successful are agencies who are focusing pretty heavily on, on their own marketing. And we, we just kind of been, um, not happy go lucky, but, but very much like if there's an opportunity to do marketing and we see it and we have some time and we, and we address that. That's kind of the way that things were in the early, I guess, first year of business um, and a little probably first 18 months of business. We read a blog post here or there, but it was all scattered. Nothing was uh, coherent and consistent together. The, the processes were just part of uh, dedication to actually being consistent with how we how we did things. And one of the biggest ways that this played out right away was we outlined exactly what the expectations were for the system, how we were going to run a marketing campaign. And then uh, we started implementing batch days for marketing at Guava Box. So every Wednesday morning for four hours, all of us would sit down and start cranking out content following the system, following the process that we had. So we're producing uh, consistent content that was all kind of generally unified voice and tone on uh on the guava box blog and when we started doing that i mean andy i think that we had 600 700 we definitely hadn't cracked a thousand visitors a month at that point getting very few leads through the site um and nine months later we cracked fifteen thousand visitors a month to the blog and uh now i mean obviously there's a ton of factors that go into that um and you could blog with no processes and I'm assuming that you could increase your, your traffic pretty substantially. But the fact that that was just a huge part of us actually starting to address something and the marketing side is one of the, that's one of the easiest places because traffic is such an easy thing to monitor. And, and at that point, uh, you know, we're generating 300 to 400 leads a month from that traffic. I mean, that's really, that was the, the turning point for Guava Box to go from three guys trying to, trying to survive and feed themselves to uh, substantially growing the team and the client base and now worrying about how we were going to keep up with the growth rather than how we we're going to grow enough to, you know, to, to make this agency right. thing happen. Roughly how many clients do you work with now? So the Guava Box side, we've scaled it back uh, 
quite a bit now as we've as do inbound has grown and we're continuing to to move there. Um, so right now on a consistent basis, we just have a handful of clients who are working kind of on the retainer uh, partnership model, and then depending on uh, what the projects specs look like and what we're going into, uh, the kind of the two other things that we're doing a decent amount of, we still do a lot of website designs, mostly on HubSpot's COS platform and then, uh, marketing strategies, we call them inbound marketing game plans, but basically helping, helping, uh, companies with their strategy as well. Interesting. And I think it, it kind of going back a little bit, it touches on like the, the standard problem I see, especially with solo consultants, but even with agencies is kind of the old the cobbler's children have no shoes situation where it's like you're an expert at inbound marketing you help your clients get great results with this but you're so busy doing that that it's hard to do it well for your own agency but once you kind of are able to get these processes in place so that you can outsource some of the work the deliverables and you don't have to worry about consistency and all that you're then able to dedicate the time to actually apply your own trade to your own business yeah, for sure. I think that so many uh, we struggle with this hardcore. So this isn't this isn't to uh, try and cast guilt on anybody who's an agency who's not doing a great job with their own marketing, because that was I've lived through that. But at, at some point, I mean, this is such a classic thing that at some point we're not going to say the contractor's house gets built last and the cobbler's kids have no shoes. We're going to say the marketing agency doesn't have marketing. Like it's it's just yeah, it's uh is a very pervasive problem, and I think that. I mean, even that, uh, obviously we had systems in place for what the deliverables that we were producing were going to be. But even just the act, the simple act of saying, listen, we're going to commit to this process that every Wednesday we're going to take four hours out of the day and we're going to address our own marketing and that's going to be blocked off. There was even a system to that. And that's not something that didn't take four hours to document what that was going to look like. Um, it's just a simple way of kind of bringing some consistency to what you're doing and, and, uh, and that always pays off. Absolutely. And so we touched on it before, but I remember, yeah, you said you went from kind of Google docs to Basecamp to Asana to Maven link teamwork and Podio. You tried kind of all of them and this led to basically building your own solution with, with do inbound. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. We can go as, as deep as you want to. Um, and people can check out doinbound.com to see, more about what we've got going on. But basically, Do Inbound is a mixture of software, so like a project management software with processes baked into it. Um, we're still kind of figuring out the best way to express to people what this is because it is kind of hard to wrap. It's unlike uh, any of those other platforms like a Basecamp or Teamwork be in that there are processes that come baked into it. So it kind of comes pre-populated with stuff, but it also is customizable and can just be a project management tool. But basically uh, that's how we use it. We manage our client projects inside of the tool. We've got processes built in there for a bunch of deliverables. So how do you uh, create a blog post? How do you send out an email? How do you run a webinar? But before we get too far, can you, can we talk a little bit about what you mean when they're kind of the processes are built in? Like, I'm guessing when you have like templates for blog posts and things like that, like it's not like sort of a Mad Lib where I just fill in a few words and it creates a blog post. How is a process built in? Is it just simply a place where it's hosting the process document or is there more to it than that? That's a really good question. So I'm gonna, I'll try and keep this brief and then just jump in and interrupt me wherever. Um, so if you have a client account, so if we're looking at the Hubstaff client account inside of the Do Inbound software, Every activity that's going to happen marketing-wise is going to be baked into a campaign. So there should always be some kind of strategy. Every marketing activity should be part of a bigger campaign. That's our belief, one of our core beliefs. Uh, and every campaign should have a start date and an end date and a goal that you're shooting for. So if it's even if it's something as simple as this is our Q, 2016 Q3 uh, podcast um, campaign, Kind of the whole thing here is how do we break these big ideas, big goals down into achievable step-by-step processes and, and things that you can follow to achieve the big result. So inside of that campaign, you're going to have uh, all these different deliverables. So maybe each deliverable is the is our, our podcast episodes. Um, so that's those are your deliverables inside of campaigns. And then the next step down from there would be all the tasks that it takes to produce that deliverable. So inside of 
a podcast interview, for example, you've got to figure out who the guest is going to be and you've got to book them. So you've got a really smooth system in place for, for booking that podcast guest where you send an intro email. Here's how I found out about you. And then, you know, can I, can I, can I have you on the podcast Then send over the, the scheduling link and so on and so forth. Um, and then obviously doing the podcast interview, editing it, getting it out there, publishing it, promoting it, all those steps. So here's where we're getting to the process then is inside each one of those tasks, that task, let's say, of just inviting somebody, uh, the way that you do that, you'd have a template built out where there's a step-by-step process. So basically you're checking off each step in the process to complete the task. So it might be you know, send the email, uh, confirm that they've scheduled the time. Once they've scheduled the time, send them the confirmation email and the outline. Right now in my head, I'm almost seeing like something similar to Trello with a checklist. Like, am I wrong or is that like accurate? Uh, that's pretty accurate. There's more, there's a couple more layers than Trello has. So you, uh, in Trello, you've got, obviously you've got a list and then you've got a card inside of that list. Um, and then on that card, you can have the checklist. Very similar. So you've got the checklist for the task. The task is like the card in Trello. Uh, the deliverable is like the list in Trello. And then the campaign kind of sits above that. So I guess that would be like the Trello uh, board, I guess, that it's on. What do inbound works best for? Now, obviously, you can, if you want to just have one-off tasks without having a whole template for how it gets done, because there is going to be work that happens like that. Um, you can do that inside of do inbound as well. But what Do Inbound is is best for are those uh, repeated activities and kind of having a pre-built t- uh, process. So that way, you know, to do one podcast interview, then when you want to schedule the next one, you don't want to have to write out the whole process again. So you just add it from the template, name it correctly, and then all the steps are in there ready to go. I see. Okay. Okay. So you have the templates are like the base. And then so you, you create it once for podcast episodes or blog posts. And then when you create a new one, you create it from that and it kind of pre-populates the checklist and all those things for it. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yep. When did you start working on this? Uh, we first started uh, the very end of 2013. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're, th- we're three years, almost three years in now. Yeah, when I'm looking at the site, it's more, this is one of the questions I sent over is that it's not just kind of a, a SaaS solution and there's more to it. There's training. There's a lot else involved. What would you say do inbound is? Yep. This is, uh, I mean, essentially it's, it's a platform for helping, especially inbound marketing agencies, but, but digital marketing agencies, um, systematize their business and ultimately grow. Our best customers are the agencies who are struggling with a lot of the pain points that we struggled with early on. In addition to the platform, a lot of the training in here, a lot of it is around systematizing your business. And um, one of the things like with Do Inbound, there's not a free trial for users because every account that you buy, whatever package you're on, you're going to get prepackaged a bunch of the templates uh, the way that we have uh, based on our experience and then our work with uh, the hundreds of agencies who are customers um, the best way to do a blog post or to do keyword research or that kind of stuff. Um, so you sort of customize it to the agency's needs? We we have three different packages right now that are uh, kind of customized based on what agencies would need. And so the templates and the, the level of training that they'll get inside of Do Inbound is going to be customized to them. But on an agency-to-agency basis – it's not we're not going in and, and specifically saying, hey, this agency needs these 11 templates. So we're, we're going to push those to them. Uh, we tend to just give them more templates. And then, you know, if there's something that maybe isn't a good fit, take it out. Obviously, the agencies have complete uh, ability to, to delete or edit or add or whatever. What about that do you think prevents you from doing the free trial? A big part of the value proposition right now is the fact that uh, you don't have to spend the 15 or 20 hours to go through and build out your first iteration of these processes that you can use the processes already pre-built. So, and they're both deliverable templates, which is here's how you do a, a podcast interview or a blog post. The next level up is a, a campaign template. So if you want to run a quarterly inbound campaign, here's a pre-built template for doing that. Because that's been a big part of our 
value proposition. We've chosen not to do the the free trial. I, I guess the bigger reason for not doing the free trial is just the number of free trials that of software that we've signed up for and then never done anything with. Uh, so kind of the bigger belief that people value what they exchange value for. So if you're paying for it, you're going to be a lot more serious about uh, diving into the training and the processes and everything that we're providing. It was something as involved as, as do inbound. I think having a demo where you kind of help walk them through it all and explain that value. I think that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's worked well to this point. And obviously there's, you know, there's always people who want to say, well, can I just get into the free trial? Um, so, and, and that's something that we're, uh, you know, always trying to figure out what's the best way to help people without eating up time what's the best way to help them get on with their life and and do the things that they need to do at their agency while also helping them understand what do inbound is and can do for them a lot of agencies want to get into the product space they want to create a SaaS business they like the that they're not selling their time they really that appeals to them so what has been different about building up the SaaS business as compared to building up the agency so just to be really candid, I think that looking at SaaS uh, at the beginning, I, I think the grass is always greener. Um, there are a ton of things about do inbound. I, this is something that we're super passionate about. I really enjoy working on it, but it's not. It's been a harder road than I anticipated. Um, I think that I underestimated the fact that in any software, and and you guys know this well, I'm sure. Uh, but just churn. I don't think that when we first started building this, that churn was even, obviously I, I knew what the concept was, but didn't even think about it until you got through those first couple months of users and started to realize uh, not everybody who starts using your software wants to keep using it forever. It's not the best fit for everybody. I guess what we really lucked into is every time that we make do inbound better, the platform, we speed up our operations at Guava Box. So we're very incentivized to make to make do inbound awesome. And every time that we that we learn something new at Guava Box, that helps the way that we think about do inbound. Uh, so that's something that I think not every agency who's gone and built a software has has that benefit from. At the same time that that was a benefit, there's always going to be that. Now you're trying to run two different things, and it is challenging. So I, I think for the agency owner out there who's thinking, I want to create my own SaaS, it's just it is challenging. It's definitely doable, but it's challenging to juggle both. Where did you get like the first customers for Do Inbound? How did those come about? The very first year that we went to HubSpot's annual conference Inbound was in 2013, and that was really validating. That was when we decided to build the platform. Uh, we'd already been thinking about it and talking about it, building something internally. We just talked to so many agencies who were really struggling through processes and making sure that they were doing things right and scaling out. Uh, their processes to their team. So we started building it uh, pretty much immediately after inbound and um, rolled out a terrible version, a very uh, pre-MVP probably version in November of 2013, just a couple months after starting to build it um, and got a, a ton of good feedback. But it was those same agencies who we'd met and connect with, connected with through HubSpot's partner program and, uh, and through inbound. Mm-hmm. And then how have you been growing since then? Is it still kind of the higher touch relationship based selling or is there, are you doing more sort of inbound style stuff for it? Uh, so since then, pretty much all our leads are coming through the site. Um, we do a lot of marketing for do inbound through podcasts as well. But then all of the, all the actual sales are happening. Well, almost all of them are happening through a demo. Interesting. So how do you kind of balance running this SaaS startup with running a digital agency? Yeah, uh, not very well. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of time. Until about a year ago, Guava Box was kind of the front runner. Um, we had a full-time developer who was dedicated on the do inbound side. And so that was, you know, that was helpful to have somebody actually building out the platform. And that was uh, kind of what was the fact that there, there's so much to be built into any software and there's always more that you, that you want to build in that kind of we weren't tremendously aggressive in in trying to go out and bring on new agencies unless they were just a perfect fit for it because of where the software was. In the past year, the, the focus has really shifted a lot. Um, 
And so for the, well, I guess 14 months now in May of 2015, we really decided to shift focus and uh, we were at a point where we were launching out uh, a new version of do inbound. And so we, at that point started to slowly apply the brakes on guava box. And now we've uh, been pretty aggressive there and scaling back what we're doing. Um, so there's very little day to day. I have no direct client contact on a, on a day to day basis. Uh, Andrew's in the same boat where we're, we've really scaled back our hands on, on the guava box side of things. And so now we're spending, the majority of our time on the do inbound side of things, um, really focused on on uh, building the tool and growing the platform there. Will you get involved with sales for new clients on Goldbox? Or are you not even kind of looking for new clients? Yeah, we we've been pretty selective. We've kind of, uh, in some ways, I guess, maybe not gone backwards, but we're kind of at a point where we don't want to bring on uh, that many new. I, I guess that the retainer model um, is not that exciting to us if we're doing all the work. So if there's a if there's a retainer model where we're helping a company work uh, to implement inbound for themselves and learn it, and we're kind of actively coaching them through that, that's more exciting than we're going to be producing all the content for them and kind of doing everything all done for them. Even though you have the processes to kind of outsource a lot of that. Yeah, so we still have some like legacy clients where we're doing that. I guess our belief is ultimately the best the best that we can do for a company is to help them eventually build their own branch who can handle this inbound. So we would rather be kind of the the in between when you are either you have a team already and we can come alongside them and coach them through it or or if we can be that in between branch where you would like to get to that point where you have an in-house team handling the bulk of your inbound activity, but you need people to provide services in the in between. That's where we're providing services for companies right now. So even though we have a lot of those, a lot of the processes built for it, we've really scaled back and a lot of those processes, you know, we're sharing with the clients who want to do this in-house and kind of, and there's certainly a great business to be had there. It's just not what we're super excited about. And, and with Do Inbound right now, that's just taking a lot of the attention. And now that you have shifted more attention towards Do Inbound, like what kind of are you are you looking to accomplish in the next, say, month? Yeah, the, the big thing right now is we're rolling out a pretty substantial um, new set of features and uh, updates into the platform. Right now, there's not a ton of kind of from an admin level. There's not a lot of transparency in the platform to see what team members have what on their plate. The feedback that we've gotten most frequently is it's a great tool for planning out the work and quickly deploying campaigns or deliverables. It's a great tool for thinking about processes, and it's a good tool if you're the one doing the work, so going through, checking through the process to complete tasks. But if you're the one trying to manage and make decisions about who can take on this thing that came up or this other thing, there's not a lot in there. So that's uh, kind of all hands on deck right now as we are uh, just in the final kind of alpha testing right now, about to roll out uh, into a beta group of customers right now, a bunch of new features all, all around that. Once you have that kind of not out of the way, because I'm sure it's always a thing of, of with software, there's always new features, there's always new updates that have to go out. But what is more of the kind of longer term plans for where you see things going with Do Inbound? So we're like you guys are, we're a remote team um, trying to build a business that not only everyone who's on the team here, but but customers are proud of and excited about being a part of. So I think continuing to build out the uh, the community around this and produce more resources for agencies to grow. I think eventually building out kind of a uh, one of our goals is to build out some sort of simple marketplace where agencies can share a lot of the knowledge that they have with each other. So whether that's uh, they can sell their deliverable templates for how they do something to other agencies and there's some financial incentive in there. But I think that that's building out the agency community and kind of being the hub a hub at least for uh, agencies who are serious about growth and also serious about uh, systematizing the businesses that they have. That's our big mission here. I'm looking at it right now. You have a ton of good resources on kind of running an inbound agency, but you also get into like the details of specific processes, 
you have a lot of interviews. Like, no, you already are well on your way to kind of getting that in place. So I'm excited to see where you go with that. Yeah, thank you. It's been a, it's definitely been a journey so far. We're enjoying it and excited about the future. I'm going to make sure to link up a, a ton of the the big resources from your site. But if people want to go and kind of learn more about what you're up to, your thoughts and just the kind of state of things at Do Inbound, where is the best like single place for them to go? Yeah, so I'll give you three different things depending on what they want. One is obviously just go to doinbound.com if you're interested in the platform or that's just kind of the, the home base. If you're a digital agency interested in the processes that other agencies are doing and kind of the journeys that other agencies are on, uh, our kind of flagship podcast is called Inbound Agency Journey. And if you go to doinbound.com slash podcast, you can find and sort through all the old episodes and uh, there's a lot of good content from agency owners on there. The third place I'd send people, if you're interested in seeing an example of, now this is just in Google Docs formats. This, uh, obviously we're, we'd be happy to show you guys a demo, but if you go to doinbound.com slash blog post, and it doesn't matter whether it's hyphenated or not, you guys can, uh, check out, download, um, our kind of what our Google Docs uh, version of a template looks like for us. So for our, like a, a blog post that we put people through, what does that checklist and process look like? Um, so that'll give you an idea of what the format for our processes and stuff looks like. No, that's great. And I mean, looking through this, like the stuff is really awesome. And so I'm going to make sure to link it all up. I think everything that Graves was saying about processes is hugely important. The tools that exist right now aren't built to do this easily. So I strongly suggest checking out Do Inbound, but if you don't have any interest in that, at least check out these resources because they are really well done. So, Gray, I wanted to say thanks again for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Absolutely. I, uh, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you for having me on. As much as all of us actively try to resist processes, I strongly believe that not having them is one of the biggest things holding a digital agency back. If you want to build a big agency or you just want an agency that doesn't consume your entire life, you need to take these lessons seriously. Start by prioritizing your tasks. What are the things you're doing most consistently? Where are you having quality control issues in your delivery? What's the impact of all that? Also, what are the activities you're doing on a day-to-day basis that, frankly, you don't want to be doing anymore or that you as a business owner probably shouldn't be doing? Focus on those areas first. Then you need to not only document the process for those tasks, but do so in a way where it'll actually get used. This is where tools like Do Inbound are important, but beyond that, you need to promote a culture within your agency that values processes and continuously tries to improve upon them. The best part of all this is that the returns compound. Do whatever you need to do to get started, but once you have that first process in place, you'll have more free time to automate another part of your business, and so on. Processes free your time so you can focus on what matters, whatever that may be to you. And that's all I have for you guys this week. If you enjoyed the show and learned something, head over to iTunes and leave a review telling me what you did learn. I love hearing from listeners and positive reviews help us grow our audience. So if you can take a second to do that, I'd really appreciate it. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. See ya.